0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of The Prosper Project. My agency, Prosper for Purpose, celebrated 10 years in business in January. And as I do each year, I've been reflecting on all the changes and lessons from not only that past year in business, but there's something significant about that 10-year mark. And so I've really been looking at the trajectory of my business and how it's taken some twists and turns along the way, some for good, some as failures. And so today, I want to kind of talk through with you 10 of the pivotal moments in my history as a business owner that I think hold some powerful lessons and insights for other small business owners. So just a little bit of background about me, if you're new to the podcast, I left my last job in November of 2012 because I was really unhappy. It was the most unhappy I've probably ever been in my long career, and I didn't have any of the opportunities in that position that I'd been promised, and I was really wondering what it was I wanted to do next. And so while I was planning on leaving, I was weighing different possibilities. I was looking for other jobs, but I really could not find the place that I wanted to work. And throughout my work history, even when I'd been employed, I'd always been freelancing. And in fact, after my second daughter was born, I freelanced, not full-time, but I freelanced enough to really keep myself at a point where I could have gone full time as a solopreneur, but I just didn't want to take that next step and become a business. And I don't know what that was, if it was scarcity mentality, if I didn't think I was good enough, I don't really know. And that's probably an exploration for another day. But every time I would have to make that decision, like, okay, this is almost at the point where I might have to bring someone else in, I would just scale back. And then eventually I would move on to my next job. So at this point, I started thinking, you know, even though I'd never had any dreams of being an entrepreneur, maybe it was something that I should consider. Maybe I should think about what it would mean for me to be an entrepreneur and what a business owned by me and run by me could look like. And during this time, I reached out to my husband and said, can I talk with you? And just a few years before that, he had left his job to always do his freelance work that he had always done, which was portrait and landscape painting. And he really wanted to become a full-time artist. And I supported him in that decision. Although it was scary, scary for me, scary for him. We had a daughter going to a college with another one close behind. And now it was kind of my turn. And I said, what do you think? And he said, I just always thought you'd go up the corporate ladder. And I said, you know, I just it doesn't appeal to me anymore, even though for a long time, I, you know, wanted to maybe beyond a CMO even but have kind of that company there for me. And now I just felt like I was being called to something different. And it really was kind of a calling, I felt something in my gut that said, it's time to do the thing, even though I wasn't quite sure what the thing was. So then my daughters were both home for a period of time, which didn't happen a lot at that point. The younger one had started college. And I was telling them, not that I was thinking about starting a business, but that I was going to quit my job, that I was probably going to take the rest of the year to just be and figure out what was next. And they both said, mom, you need to start your own business. And I just felt like, I don't know, I felt like it was divine intervention. You can call it what you will. But at that moment, I just knew that there was something else, something more that I was meant to do. And so I decided I was going to quit. I was going to start my own business. And ironically, what happened at that time, which I've never shared with anyone before. So two things happened before this. One, I met up with someone who had been a colleague previously. We had kept in touch and we met on a fairly regular basis for lunch. And I told her that I was going to quit, and that I was going to launch, an agency is what I was thinking of, or consulting business. I think at that time was more in my head. And she immediately said, I want to do it. And I was like, what? And she said, I want to do it with you. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to start my own business. And, And so we talked it through and it made a lot of sense. She'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'd never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I had this vision. And as I shared it with her, it just really aligned with what she wanted to do next. She at that time was consulting for another organization. So she had a lot of flexibility. So I went in and started making plans to leave, felt really guilty about leaving my team because they were kind of suffering in the same environment I was. And then at that time, they had brought in a consultant to kind of look at the overarching leadership of the organization. And I was called in and asked to resign. And it was so interesting to me because on one hand, I was getting what I wanted. I was leaving. But on the other hand, I felt, as we all feel, if anyone's ever been fired, I felt disrespected. I felt terrible. I felt... Like the decision had been taken away from me, lots of negative feelings coming up in that moment. And then they shared the paperwork and they were giving me a little umbrella to not quite a parachute, but we'll call it an umbrella to jump with. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's money I can invest in my business. And so that was a moment where I really saw something that was happening to me and realized it was happening for me. If I'd resigned before they invited me to resign, I wouldn't have gotten anything. So it worked out great. I left the beginning of November. I really structured the business, met with the woman who would become my partner. And then I took a vacation with my family. And then we came back. And over the rest of the month, we got our paperwork in. I started building a website. We started having in-real-life coffees with people that we knew from other jobs that we had. And in January of 2013, we got our paperwork that we were a business. My name was on the paperwork. Prosper for Purpose was the name I had chosen and my partner at that time had agreed to. And we were off to the races. And what's really interesting is taking that time where I envisioned the business that I wanted to create And my partner at that time, my co-founder, was co-creating it with me, was really interesting. And as we launched, we started doing really well, really quickly. And I didn't even realize that this was unusual until years later when I was meeting with other small business owners. But we surpassed six figures in about five months and then continue to grow, hitting multiple six figures that first year in business. And during that time, I also was seeing that while my vision was becoming more and more clear, my co-founder's vision was kind of going off in a few different directions. And so maybe that was the first red flag in my business, but Anyway, we finished out the year by celebrating a big party. We had a client who owned a restaurant group and we used one of their party centers and we celebrated the one year anniversary of our business with a dinner party for family, friends, and clients. And so as I'm talking today, I'm sharing those 10 pivotal moments and my lesson from each This was pivotal moment one, believe it or not. This was the pivotal moment where I took this profound lesson of we were only in business a year. I didn't know if we were doing great, but I knew that we were off and running and we took the time to celebrate our achievements. So if you're going to take away from everything that I've just said in the past several minutes, take away that you need to celebrate your wins, even when you don't know how big a win that is, or maybe, you know, it's not even a huge thing. Maybe it's signing that first client. Maybe it's getting a lease on a little office space that you can call your own, but celebrating those achievements. And again, it doesn't have to be a dinner party for your clients. It could be that you go out to dinner with your spouse or your best friend, or you make an appointment for yourself to get a massage, but take time to celebrate those achievements. So that was 2013. Going into 2014, I told you that I'd had that little red flag that my co-founder was having different visions about the business. And I won't go into what they were, but they were a lot broader than what I saw for the business. And really, they included roads that I didn't really want to go down. And so what happened in 2014, actually in the first quarter of 2014, my co-founder and I decided to split our business. So at this point, which I hadn't even referenced, we would added two more people to our team. And one was someone that she had known, and one was someone that I had known who has been my right-hand person at the agency since we started. And this person had been on my team when I led PR for Joanne Fabric and Craft Stores. So Catherine stayed with me and the other person went with my co-founder and I essentially bought her out. So we split the clients, we split the team, and we split the client roster based on who it made sense to lead that particular account. And so the lesson there is that a business can only hold one Vision. So when I started thinking about this pivotal moment, I was going to bring up the fact that partnerships don't work. There's a super high percentage of partnerships that fail. But the reality is, there's a reason for that. And I think partnerships can work when you have a visionary and an implementer. So basically, a CEO and a COO. But I don't think partnerships can ever work when you have. Two visionaries because a business can only support one vision. So my lesson for this is remember when you start your business that other people will want to come on and co-create with you. But in the long term, a business can only hold one vision at a time. Okay. So my next pivotal moment came in 2016. And actually, this was a really big year for my business because we had three pivotal moments. The first one, which I had been working on during 2015, was Prosper for Purpose earned its B Corp certification. So that was a huge moment for me, even learning about B Corps, Because when I started my business, my vision was to have the mission and purpose and values of a nonprofit organization, but to use the best practices of business to elevate and scale our impact more quickly. And I didn't really see a roadmap for this. And trust me, I looked for one. And then I learned about B Corps. And the first time I went to the website and started reading about them, I just felt like I had found my people. And before that, I had heard about benefit corporations. Actually, I learned about benefit corporations back in 2012. And I'd reached out to my accountant and said, hey, I want to start my business as a benefit corporation. And he said, Lorraine, there is not a status for benefit corporations in the state of Ohio. You'd have to incorporate somewhere else. And at that point, I didn't want to do that. And so I said, okay, Well, we won't be a benefit corporation, but I'm going to do this thing that is in my head and my heart anyway. So now there is the ability to incorporate as a benefit corporation in Ohio, and I think about 40 of the 50 states. But anyway, I pursued B Corp certification, and in January of 2016, after only three months since that we had applied, I had my interview, and we were certified certified. And so the lesson here is that even if you can't find a roadmap for the kind of business you want to build, trust your gut and do it anyway. And you will eventually find your people. They may not be where you look the first time. They may not be where you look the second time, but they're out there. Maybe you'll be the person who attracts them But maybe you'll find other like minded business owners that you can share and learn from. And that's certainly been my experience with my fellow B Corps. The other thing that was going on during that time was a lot of people were coming to me wanting to be part of Prosper for Purpose in a variety of ways. I had two friends. They weren't close friends at that point, but they were more acquaintances and they really wanted to step in to prosper. And what I will say to this is if you want to work with friends, you have to get really clear from the onset what the relationship is going to be like. My mistake was that I assumed that if I was letting them in the door, knowing that, you know, we were slightly putting our friendship at risk, that they would really hold up their end of the bargain and function like any other person on the team. And that was not my experience in either situation. Both of these individuals behaved as if they were essentially above following the rules. They didn't take into account the culture of the organization. They ultimately just really wanted to come along for the ride and have work handed to them that they could do when and how they wanted to. And it didn't work out. It just didn't work out in either case. And so the lesson here is really to think hard about hiring friends. But if you do, be clear about expectations from the onset and sign a contract and make sure the contract is detailed enough. And even have a conversation where if it's not working for either party, that you can exit quickly. I had both these people sign agreements and they really just didn't cover enough. Neither one of them were ultimately good fits. So be smarter than I was in this situation and just take extra time than if you were hiring someone you didn't know because they will very likely take on some leeway that your other employees wouldn't. So that is my lesson there. Moving on to lesson five, uh, the third lesson from 2016 is that the pivotal moment was that we expanded our team up to six, seven people at this point. I can't even remember which it was and moved into our first office space. So for three years, we worked out of our homes and then met at my home at least once a week to do team meetings. So we met on Zoom, even though Zoom wasn't anywhere near what it is now. And we had work systems and collaborative systems where we could check in with each other, but we were pretty much virtual. And at this point I rented our first office space and it was amazing. And I bought office furniture and I was really into wanting to mentor And so I had a lot of college students come through where I taught them about our business and how we were focused on using business as a force for good and working with clients predominantly, but not exclusively in the social and environmental impact space. And then as these students graduated, I hired some of them. So at this point, there were about four people on my team for whom Prosper was either their first or second. Most of them, it was their second job out of college. And I really loved that. I loved being able to mentor them in this way. But as the team expanded, the lesson here, they had to be mentored by more people than me. And so you can't mentor more than a few people at a time And when you have to turn over employees to someone else to lead that work, you have to be really careful about who that is and ensure that they will really do things the way that you would do them. So if you're sensing a theme here, you are correct. I tend to be, one of my challenges is that I've wanted my work to support the people that I thought It could most benefit, and that went beyond clients to include employees. And I learned this lesson a couple of times because apparently I was somewhat of a slow learner that you need to take care of your business first. And all of us know this in our head, but I want you to really ask yourself if the decisions you make on a day to day basis are really supporting this philosophy. So we were in our new office space. We were expanding and everything was going great. And that brings us into pivotal moment six, where two years later in 2018, instead of paying rent, my husband and I decided to buy a building. We bought an office building, an historic kind of live work space that had a storefront, and then you walk down a hallway through the kitchen, and you were in a house. And we converted that space into my office with the idea that towards the end of the year, my husband was going to move out of the gallery that he co-owned and into the storefront space of my office. So we moved in there, the team expanded again, And we hired in a manager to go below the person who a number of my team members were reporting to. So we went into 2018. I went into 2018 with sunglasses on because everything was so bright. And you know what I'm going to say before I say it, that's always when the shoe drops. And so there were a number of things that happened because I had stepped away from my business and put someone else in charge while I was doing 10,000 small businesses, which I highly recommend. It was a great program. I actually did it too late. I'd learned a lot on my own through trial and error. I wish I'd done that program a lot sooner, but It took time, a lot of time away from the office. So, we did hire in a mid level manager and had some people reporting to her. But the person that had stepped into my shoes, I had elevated several times. And what happens sometimes is, and this happens to everyone, you know, you elevate people until you elevate them to a position either they're not ready for or really cannot do the way that you want the company to function. And that's what happened here. And in a very short time, we lost three of our largest clients. And as a result, that was, I think, about 40% of our business. And again, these are things that I've never talked about publicly before. So I am dishing on everything today in the hope that you can learn from some of my mistakes. And I actually went in thinking everything was great in 2018 and When the shoe dropped in August, I had to terminate half my team because financially we could not support them, which was the hardest thing I've ever been through. The lesson here was that I vowed never to follow an agency model again. Agencies typically hire up and then eliminate teams based on clients. So a lot of times you will have teams working just with one you know, on one client and that client goes away and they may let the team go. Our teams and our agency did not function that way. However, when you have things happen, and there's so much more to this than I can't get into. And certainly then the buck stops with me and I should have been overseeing the agency better, but the three situations were each unique and just put me in a position where I had to make quick decisions. And so at that point, I laid off four people, which was not quite half my team, I guess. I always think of it as half my team. I laid off four people, which was, let's say it was about 35 to 40% of my team. And they were devastated. And then they were angry and I was devastated and I was also angry. I was angry with the situation that had led to that. I was angry with myself. It was just my lowest point in running my business. And the people who saved me were the last hire I'd brought in, who was managing not only people, but accounts and doing a stellar job. But also, Catherine, my right hand person who has been with me from the very beginning, and the people that I kept. And unfortunately, a lesson here is keep the people who will support the business. So, the reason that a few people that I had to let go were angry were because they had been with me longer. They had been with me longer than some of the people I kept, but the people I kept were moving the business forward. And the people who had been there a bit longer were not, not because they weren't capable of it, but because they just weren't for a variety of reasons. So this is a lot of information about 2018. But what I also want you to know is that we had our best financial year in business to date. And the lesson here is more people isn't always an indicator of success. A lot of people said to me at the end of 2018 and into 2019, your team's so much smaller. I heard you had to let some people go. What happened was we brought in more work and did it with fewer people, with essentially a third less of the team. And so we had our best year in business in 2018. And we broke that and did even better in 2019. At that point, with literally half the team. And so more is not always better. And what appears to people outwardly as a sign of success could be that you've gotten too big too fast. And what appears outwardly to other people as failure, or whatever you may want to call it, at times is actually right sizing to do the work that you're meant to do. And so we had a great year, went into 2020, really optimistic. And then we all know what happened. In March, the world closed down and I was really scared. We became a virtual agency, even though my husband and I just bought a building two years before, exactly two years before at this point. And what I did was really scary. I actually better myself by investing in the first coaching program I'd ever been part of. Now, before that, I'd always had a coach, not consistently, but recurringly. I worked with different coaches at different stages of my business to move forward. And this was the first time I actually joined a coaching program. And a couple months after joining this coaching program, I launched my own program, which was not a coaching program, but a teaching educational program called the Peerless Entrepreneur. And I'll get into that program, which I no longer run at another time. But the lesson here is when times get tough, and we're looking at a tough year right now, no one knows what's going on with the economy. At the time that I'm recording this, it's May, and the Fed is increasing interest rates, and people are starting to get nervous. But The lesson is always bet on yourself, not only in good times, but especially in tough times, but don't just bet on yourself to figure it out. Get the help that you need. Find someone who is further along, who's been through a tough time before and bet on yourself and invest in them. Bet on yourself, but invest in the right person. So those were pivotal points, nine and 10, joining that coaching program and launching my own program. And then in 2021, when we were back in the office part-time, my husband and I made a radical decision. We saw that business could work virtually and we had a conversation about selling our office building and taking that money and investing in a cottage at the lake, something that I had wanted to do For more than a decade. And every summer we went to this place and we looked at cottages, and it was always like someday. And he said, What do you want, an office building or a cottage at the lake? And if this had been in 2019, I would have made a different decision. But having gone through the pandemic and seeing how well our team did during the pandemic, I chose the lake house. And so in 2021, the end of the year, we sold our office building and dedicated ourselves to being virtual full time. Now, I already had two virtual team members. One was in Michigan, and one was in Massachusetts. And then later, we added one in South Carolina. So this was not really something that I was uncomfortable with, because we'd done it before. And in fact, we came through 2020. And I'm so proud of this, that we didn't lose any clients. Now, we had projects that ended. So did we do well in 2020 compared to 2018 and 2019? No, we definitely took a dip in 2020. But the reality was none of our retainer clients left us. And I started a program for women who needed to learn how to take their businesses online. And that program not only brought in some recurring revenue for me, but it helped Every single one of those women scaled their businesses, and they all had monetary gains. And we formed a relationship with those 10 women that remains to this day. So 2022 was all about getting back into the world and stabilizing and really connecting with people. After becoming a virtual agency, I was really craving that connection. And so while... Pivotal point number 11, and I said there would be 10, this is 11, was buying that lake house and investing in virtual team. I really think that it's brought me in a way, not full circle, because I have so much wisdom from 10 years in business, but to a place where I've eliminated overhead Yes, I've given up a place to be together in person and there's nothing that beats that. And so we have looked at doing other things to reconnect in different ways beyond virtual, but really brought me to a place where, what did I want when I started? And guess what? It wasn't to own an office building and it wasn't a team of 10 or more. It was really to do good work where I could be one on one with my clients, know them and serve them at a higher level by delivering communication, strategy, storytelling, and raising their visibility and elevating their brands so that they could impact the world and the bottom line. And I'm so happy that today that is what I'm doing. That is my purpose with my business. And My hope for you is that if you take anything away from these 11 pivotal moments, because of course I have to give you one bonus one, is that you can look at what's important to you and you can look back over your own career trajectory. What were those pivotal moments for you? I don't care if you've been in business six months. What have you learned so far? And is that taking you further away or closer to your purpose? Thanks so much for being with me. I'll see you on the next episode of the Prosper Project. At Prosper for Purpose, we have a team of strategists and storytellers who are experienced marketers, accredited PR counselors, and published writers with an average of 16 years of experience. To find out what we can do for you, email connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put free consult in the subject line. Someone from our team will respond within 24 hours.